Welcome to Farming God, a show on America's changing spiritual values. I'm back at the farm in Wisconsin, where I deliver firewood to state parks. I'm sitting at the breakfast table with a bowl of oatmeal and a cup of coffee that I brewed too strong, again. I'm looking out over Lake Ellen, watching the sun rise over the trees to my right. It's a lovely moment of the day, in the early morning when the sun meets the dewy grass after a chilly night under the stars. The nocturnal animals retreat to the shadows, tagging off to the creatures of the day, like one especially twitchy chipmunk that visits my windowsill every morning. He stands on his hind legs directly in the path of the sun, licks his paws, look up, scratches his ear with his wrist, look up. He may be shivering, but he's probably perpetually nervous, and rightfully so. He's in the spotlight, and a fox lives here. I, on the other hand, have no excuse. The silence here is making me anxious. My only explanation is that I'm adjusting from the place I just left. Three days ago, I was in Silicon Valley, bumping shoulders with CEOs, SVPs, COOs, CFOs, and VCs of companies like Intuit, YouTube, Pay Near Me, Chig, and Curious.com. My hair was combed, pants hiked up, uncomfortable shoes squeezed on. I was at a conference honoring the legacy of William Campbell, a larger-than-life character whose professional accomplishments can insufficiently be summed up as the head coach of Columbia University's football team, a sales guy at Apple, CEO of Intuit, and eventually the mentor of people like Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, and Steve Young. We met the people and toured the places of Silicon Valley, like Facebook, Intuit, and Google. Facebook's campus resembled a disorganized movie set, complete with a 50s diner, ice cream shop, and a sprawling food court. I was ready at any moment for the director to emerge around the corner and yell, That's a wrap! The drony Facebook employees would drop their MacBooks, yank the electric drill off their tool belts, and begin teardown. With the number of employees here, it would go pretty fast. According to our tour guide, two years ago there were 6,000, now there are 10,000, and we are never going to stop growing. What did you say the number of employees here are? About 10,000. 10,000? Yes. Growing still. You're looking for help? All, all the time, all the time. Really? Um, every Monday we have about 200 to 300 new hires. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, the recruiting team has a lot of work to do, you know. So we're just going to come and loop back around here. Sometimes, mentions our guide, there are foxes here. This used to be their home until we moved in. Now they are our mascot. We don't feed them, we just take pics and share them. Within 28 minutes, we were herded in and out of Facebook and back onto the bus. 
In a confused daze, Adam walked down the aisle with wide eyes. He slouched into the seat next to me and said, That was scary. Together we spoke like two unlikely survivors of George Orwell's 1984. My name's Adam Folta, and we, we just walked through Facebook's campus. I thought everything was quote-unquote too perfect, and there was way too much money flowing around. What part specifically? The arcade game really freaked me out because it's almost like they're controlling their employees in a, in a very subliminal way. <laughs> Um, and then we have the arcade right back here. The scariest part is that world they're living in is in no way like a world in which they're shaping, or a world in which they're working with. They're just, they're like cushioning themselves from everything else in the real world. The bus came to a stop and Adam and I went our separate ways, but not before connecting on Facebook. At the networking happy hour, I made the rounds, then found a seat at a table against the wall, distancing myself from the elbow bumps and sport coat back slaps that had become increasingly clumsy as the hours rolled on. Gretchen was across the table and to the right. Her life in Silicon Valley is much different from the frosting I saw today. Um, my name is Gretchen, and I teach third grade in Silicon Valley. Like what, what area of Silicon Valley specifically? Um, my school is um, directly across from Facebook and near uh, Highway 101 and it's in um, Eastern uh, Menlo Park. So Western Menlo Park has their own separate school district. And my district is cut apart from another city called East Palo Alto and then my uh, town, um, and it's segregated apart from the rest of the town and lumped in with another town. <laughs> um, what, what sort of like students are um, at your school? So my school is 97, that's the current percent, um, free and reduced lunch, and that's the um, guideline you would look at for how many students are living in poverty. So that's federal poverty guidelines, Except that we're in uh, very we're in one of the highest, costliest housing markets in the country, so our students are receiving free lunch based on federal poverty guidelines. By uh, uh, under our air local standards, they're in extreme poverty because the rent is so high. Um, our school dis our school uh, is majority Hispanic. Um, and then a minority of um, Tongan students, Samoan students, and African American in terms of their ethnic background. Um, a lot of our students have parents who are working um, two and three jobs. They're mostly doing shift work and have to schedule around the, the suit like they have um, to try and schedule around schedules that change every week so they'll be told that they have one job one week and then they have to change the hours the next week with no notice um, uh, the current estimate that we heard was that 50 percent of our students are homeless under the technical definition of homeless and that none of them have a permanent address um, and they're all in transient housing situations 
Last year, two of my students were in the homeless shelter. Um, most of them are um, living with family members temporarily. Um, none of my students have their own bed. Um, they all share a bed with someone else, either another child or with an adult. I have one student who shares a bed with their grandmother. Um, and so they're, they're all living in these very impacted housing situations. Um, a lot of our African-American families have been living in a very like historically underlooked and underserved community. Most of the men are incarcerated. So there's a lot of absent fathers. Um, in, and there are also a lot of broken families. So a lot of my students um, are either currently in the midst of custody battles or are having to be uh, having to be split between parents as well. So they're experiencing a, a, a significant amount of trauma. If you look at adverse childhood uh, trauma aspects under the, I guess, A scale, a lot of them have uh, many, many layers of trauma ranging from um, fear of deportation, family members who are deported, um, if they're Hispanic, um, the absent parents, um, trauma from violence, trauma from families who are incarcerated, and instability. So you're, you're across the street from Facebook. Yes. A place I visited today. Um, what's your interaction with them or Google or the other big $100 billion companies in your area? I don't personally have an interaction with the companies. I understand that they try to work with our district, but our district is chronically um, dysfunctional. And so I know that they have made attempts to support our district and they have given money in support. I have personally received professional development for the past four years that Facebook has paid for. Um, and I received college credit for coaching and training. And so I know that I have benefited from that professional support that they have directly paid for. Um, but we don't have an opportunity as teachers to give feedback to the funders about how their money is being spent. Um, I, and occasionally they also will come, a lot of the, the companies will come on and tour our schools and do a service project. How do the, what type of service projects? I like to call it the, uh, it's usually building something or having some, uh, it's, always ha it's always for a physical project um, that has been determined either by the company or by our um, administration. And we as teachers are not given the input, we're told they're coming to do this, would you like their help? Last year, all but two of our teachers had to move classrooms and Google did help us move and that was actually very helpful. Some of the projects have been things like painting stripes on the wall that um, I'm, I'm not sure how they directly benefit the students, but they seem to give some great satisfaction to the people who come to do it. Um, soon another company will be coming to build bookshelves, which will be helpful, and they've offered to help provide some more books for our classrooms, which will also be helpful. Um, all of the books in my classroom um, I would say about a quarter of them are provided by the district. The rest are through grants that I've um, directly applied for through my own money or through my mom's money um, to or library sales and donations from other people to provide books for the children to read at school.
I don't want to take any more of your time. Is, <laughs> is there anything else uh, you'd like to say that we missed? I just, I, I care passionately about these students and I think it's a moral imperative that we look closely at the great um, amount of poverty that is happening um, in contrast to such great amounts of wealth. And I know that there are many people who care um, and want to help and they have good hearts. Um, I just want to see that there's more justice for the children of, of the community where I work um, and more awareness. And um, I also recognize that we're broken people, we're on a broken planet, um, that there's ultimately, you know, our resolution may not happen um, the way that we would like to see. Um, it, again, it's a broken system. Um, I guess as, as a teacher for the, the children of the community, um, I just wish it would give people pause sometimes to realize what's happening just down the street from them. Down the street from me, a couple <laughs> of young guys were waiting for an Uber. Um, there's about to be a lot of swearing. Just trying to fucking go home. You want to be realistic at this, or? Yeah, of course. What's, wait, wait, wait. All right, realistically. Quick question, what's this for? Podcast. I'll do a podcast. All right, realistically. Oh, <laughs> realistically. Yeah. I work for a... I'm not going to say the name of the company. He works I don't for Oracle. Get... No, I don't. I work for a top-notch company. He works for Oracle. In the Bay Area. It's a tough job. Yeah, it's a tough I'm job at Oracle. I'm letting out some stress. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Yeah, it's super they, tough at Oracle. They bust. I'm... You have no fucking clue. To tell you the truth, I'm getting published on this shit. They work kids like us to death. I'm not kidding. I see this at the company I work at. They, they are not paying enough for the What's shit I see name? kids do. You should throw her out. Why are you stressed out? Because I work way too. I work a lot of hours and I don't get paid you well enough. That's the right guy, by the way. And I do not get paid well enough. And frankly. All of us are bright, intelligent kids. I don't go to Sanford, I go to Cal Poly. It's good school. Maybe It's not Sanford. Are you I an mean, intern? Or? I am an intern. It's, it's a great thing. I love that the fact that the younger kids are around here, but the fact that we're all supposed to be on this trip to success and we all have to relieve our stress at a bar is not the way that it should be. That's not the way shit should be like, frankly. I'm not kidding. I'm not. I, I swear to God. Him gold right now. How could? How could it? I mean, like, what could? How could they change that? How could they change that? I think if they concentrated on kids like me and your age and more about being an individual and a human more being. More experience they, for kids around the age of 19 to 21. That's. That in a sense, but that's a bad way to say it, but I'm an employee just as much as the next person is, and I'd appreciate if they treated us well, and they, the, frankly, it's sad that they don't, the people that are 35, 30 years old, they don't, they don't treat them that well. And it's sad that I have to come here and relieve my stress of going to a bar, buying drinks. I love it. It's a great time. I get to hang out with my friends. I get to, but the fact that the American society comes to that. What, you work your ass off during the week? Like, you overwork yourself, and then what? Fuck. Like, come to the bars, all you'll just 
run off the stress. Like, that's fucked up. You can't. You can. Are you fucking with me? No, I, I do, man. I, I'm 100% hey. with you. He's listening to you, Sam. So what? Hello? Okay. All right. What? Tell me what your guys' names are. I just. What's my name? What my name is Jack. His name is Sam. Sam. Okay. Jack. Sam. What's up? Cool. See you, Sam. What are you gonna do when you graduate? Hopefully, make a lot of money. See you, man. Brutal. Now the sun is setting and there's a nice breeze as the nocturnal animals stretch their legs to prepare for the night's hunt. I'm not sure where Mr. Chipmunk is, but hopefully he has chosen a safe home. I imagine him burrowed in a nest of soft grass, rhythmically breathing in and out. But I know that's not happening. He's in danger. There are foxes here. I'm not relaxed either. The silence is still making me anxious. I thought it could be written off as an urban to rural culture shock, but I think I'm dealing with a fox of my own, the sly ghost of Menlo Park, imprisoned by the very empire that stole his home, has followed me here. The water is flapping against the neighbor's dock, and the halyard that hoists a 48-inch American flag jingles against its pole. With the gray lake as its backdrop, the red stripes and blue square seem so out of place. Red and blue, rural Wisconsin, urban California, it's all the same, stolen time on stolen land. This used to be their home until we moved in. Now they're our mascot. We don't feed them, we just take pics and share them.
Music is by Brian Thavis. Smoke signals at farminggod.org.